Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. Welcome to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, guys, today I... um. Yeah, I'm just going to get into what we have been dealing with really on a more general scope. And I'm going to be touching on just a couple different story pieces, different things that I heard as the week went on. Now, this is centered around the Covenant School shootings that took place. Um, And by this time, it would have been like a week or two already when this episode is aired. It's hard to keep up with the politics on a weekly show, but this there's something here that I think is worth speaking to, speaking into. And of course, it is a form of chaos that I feel called to address. So that way we can we can just turn our hearts and our minds to Christ, trusting in him, not being worried about anything. And just looking at what has happened, it was in Nashville where a 28-year-old female by the name of Audrey Hale, who identifies as transgender, I think was going by the name of Aiden, and was more than a year into her transition, goes into a covenant school, which from what I'm reading and seeing, she was actually a student of in the past, and in cold blood shoots down Nine people, six people, my apologies, six people, three of which were nine-year-olds, and then the other three of, of which were adults, a custodian, a principal, and a substitute t- uh, teacher, one of which the children were the daughter of the pastor that runs the school. So you can imagine that, the the, the agony there, and I feel for that. As a dad myself, it's one other reason why I've decided that homeschooling is the way to go, and I feel more sure now than ever that that is what we're doing, and that we thank God for opportunities like that. But what's insane about all this, we can all see that this is an evil that took place, um, argue enough to say that uh, terrorist, a terrorist attack. What we learned is that Audrey actually had a manifesto written before all this took place, which means there was a, a preconceived thought for some time as to what she was going to do, why she was going to do it, and what the mission was behind it. And before I get into the politics of it all, my heart and prayer goes out to the Scruggs family the and, and every family member that has lost their loved ones from the three adults and the three children. May the peace of God rest on them and the comfort of Christ and the message of the gospel lay heavy on them day in and day out. And may they be surrounded, as my prayer goes, by many loved ones, church members, families, that will support them and lift them in prayer. What happened there was an act of demonic evil 
these are my words. I believe it's very demonic, and I believe it's just a an example of what is going to happen in the days to come, potentially. Now, what's what's important here is that apparently this person who was 28 years old, not a child, a grown woman, wrote a manifesto. So there's clearly something that, that needs to be done here. One, we need to see the manifesto because what we need to know is, is this some sort of terrorist cell group where it's not just her, but a linking of other people in that community? And it could be the transgender community. It could not be the transgender community. It could be simply a hatred towards Christians. Many people say that that's the case. Sure seems like it, but it sure seems also very personal considering that this is the school that she went to. And then, of course, I wouldn't doubt with having a manifesto that she did not know the child that she killed, specifically being the pastor's daughter. So it's good. It's, it's important for us to know because what if there's other potential attacks that could be looming? What if? What if that it was all an initiation? We, I mean, there's so much unspoken of. It's important to know because lives are at risk here. There was a, a mass shooting and slaughter that just took place in a horrific way. And what's sad, as I dive into the culture of media and then the politics, is that there is no release of the manifesto. Why not? I think the public deserves to know what was behind this motive. What was in the mind of the killer? Why does she want to do that? Why does she plan it? Was she acting alone? Is she acting as a part of a cell? Will there be clones or copycats? Will there, will there be a series of attacks such as this to come? Is this strategized? Or was she just a mentally disturbed individual? Maybe it was drugs and the hormones and the whatever it is that they take for transitioning. What if that was the case? Maybe this was a transgender movement after all. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we are seeing violence on their side. And now, of course, the media is painting it in a different light. And we're going to talk about that in a second here. But it's important for us to know why she wrote the manifesto. And we need to know these things. But apparently we're not getting that information. But here's what we are getting. And this is what angers me. But what we are receiving is a press secretary of the, of the White House saying to us that transgenders and the transgender community are under siege. That they are the ones being attacked. That they are the victims here. I can't express to you in words how messed up and twisted and disgusting this administration is in my lifetime. I can't even express to you in anger. I'm too tired. I'm too exhausted. I've had a long week. I hope my words come across to you as very sincere, coming from a place of anger under control. Because I hate every bit of this administration. And maybe that's not right. Maybe not. Now, I am praying that God will convert these people and make, and, and make them bend the knee and repent. But I'll be honest with you, I'm also praying for justice, God's justice, to reign upon them and show them the terror that they deserve because of their wicked, deceitful, 
evil ideology that has permeated through this culture and this world in the United States. To then give transgenders a victimhood status and say that they're the ones under siege. And then having resident Biden step up and take the opportunity, as any good Democrat does, you don't let a good crisis go to waste. Take that opportunity to go ahead and start issuing gun laws. Look, we can talk gun laws all day. We can talk about that. At some point, it really is just common sense. At some point, we need to sit down and realize it doesn't matter what sort of gun laws are going to go in place. This isn't about your protection or my protection. They could care less about the Christian community. If this was the opposite community and there was a, for example, white person that committed a mass shooting to a bunch of LGBTQ plus people, then every company, every media, even the president would be making sure that they show their, their mourning. They would bow the knee and they will make sure that this will be a day to remember. But President Biden, which I call Resident Biden, steps up to the podium, talks about a different mass shooting that happened to, I think, a, a gay club or something like that. Mind you, the shooter was non-binary. So again, here's another example of what these people are doing and really the agenda that they have. But have nothing to say about the attacks that happened to Covenant School? Nothing at all. This is an indication of where things are headed. It's an indication, and you should be aware of this. Aware, but not afraid. And of course, we're going to dive into scripture. We are going to, we're just going to read, I'm just going to read something that honestly, I just flipped the page to. I opened and I said, you know what? This comforts me. This will comfort you. But in the meantime, what we are also seeing is on, on news is uh, a twisting of scripture. Again, for the gun laws, you see some guy named Jim Wilson. I don't, I can't remember his name. I really wish I can uh, get these snippets. I'll be honest, I don't know how to do that yet, but eventually I will. Of people, of this man taking scripture in the Old Testament in Leviticus about Molech and about how God abhorred the sacrifice of children to Molech and then calling guns the Moloch of our day. A twisting of scripture in God's word is a wicked thing. It is what Satan does. And this is the type of culture we are living in right now. Because we they can't deny the fact that this country has a rich history in the Christian faith. And so they still have to borrow from it and still have to use it in order to manipulate it, twist it, and get you to buy their whole narrative. It is wickedness what we're dealing with. We should be mourning. We should be understanding why this person did this. The manifesto should be released. There should be a prayer. The president should have visited the families in the school. I mean, something. But of course, that's not where we're, that's not the time we're living in because this is part of a bigger agenda. These are the things that they're looking forward to, right? Because then they can paint the picture that it's the transgender community and minority and LGBTQ and all of them. They're the ones that are being attacked and under siege from the white Christian nationalists or whatever the term is, white supremacists. It just keeps changing. It keeps evolving, keeps developing. I can't keep up these days. 
But this is the type of thing that we are dealing with. Now, not, not to mention that grievous thing, but we don't even know what's happening abroad. We don't even realize that Brazil, China, uh, and Russia are entering into an agreement of a new currency, which means, guess what, guys? Our dollar, we're not the superpower anymore. Our dollar is going to tank. And eventually, we are going to enter into a state of war. Because while they're strengthening up, we are basically following in the footsteps of our leader in this country. We are senile. We have dementia. We have no idea where we're at. We have no idea what's going on. Just like Biden, the United States of America follows suit and has no idea that this is happening. It, it's a major implication for us all because now what we're seeing is not only that this takes place, not only that in, in foreign policy we are seeing a complete destabilization of our own dollar, but now we get political persecution against the former president of the United States. I do not care if you like him or not. I really don't. You don't have to like Donald Trump. And honestly, I've grown to real maybe wonder about him myself because I, I don't know. I just don't trust anything anymore as far as politics goes. It feels like one big uniparty. But the way that they attack Trump in this day and age still makes me think that there is something there that they really don't want him to succeed in. Because right now what they're doing is indicting Trump for a crime, a supposed white-collar crime that has passed the statute of limitations. And what they are doing is saying that he is guilty until proven innocent, and the investigation is to find the innocent. That's not how this works in America. You are innocent until proven guilty. But now that that's flipped on its head, and now that we have our first ever political persecution and indictment of a former United States president who, by the way, as you don't already know, is running in the 2024 elections. Is this a coincidence for anyone here? Absolutely not. What this indicates is we are now in a police state government. And with time progressing, with technology on their side, we will be in a virtual police state. We are exactly what I've been talking about since 2020. We are in totalitarianism in a digital age. And I just don't think people see that still. I really don't. Now, I'd say all this, what, why? To freak you out? No. If you're freaked out, if you're worried, if you're losing sleep at night, it could mean that you do not have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. All this stuff, all this wickedness, all this politics is headed one direction. And ultimately, I, I sit here and I think it has to be judgment on us. We are a nation that, it, that has turned our fears towards ourselves and we have none towards God. We laugh at the idea of God. And if you, you claim you have a God, it isn't based on the scriptures. It isn't based on proper sound doctrine and theology it's based upon what makes you feel right and as i mentioned in the last episode of the podcast it's all about relativism it is a postmodern world that has adopted personal truths and this is how we're living the destruction behind that 
ideas have consequences. I'm learning that so much now. And so because of these ideas, and by the way, what we're seeing in our country is a Marxist, Maoist kind of communist idea. This happened many centuries ago, and we're still dealing with it today. Ideas have consequences. This is why in the book of Deuteronomy, God instructs Israel to know and love the law and teach it to their children day in, day out, from their going, from their coming in, from the sun rising to the moon. Like, seriously, constantly must they learn about God's law and who God is. And today in the church, I agree and say that we need to be catechizing our children. We need to be catechizing ourselves. We need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves. We need to be in the word of God. We need to be connected to a group of believers that is, that's a church under sound doctrine and proper teaching of the scriptures. That is where we need to be because ultimately what needs to happen is repentance because we are under the judgment of God. This is what happens. John Calvin said that when God wants to judge a nation, he will give it wicked rulers. And indeed, that is where we are today in America. And that's honestly where we're all where we're at globally. Brazil has the same situation. They got the same situation. China has the same situation. Russia has the same situation. North Korea has the same situation. Canada now has the same situation. Australia now has the same situation. We have elites playing a chess game with the lives of us peasants uniting in a grand way for a one world government. And I know that sounds weird to say, but it's so true. You can't deny it. If you decide to deny it, that is your willfulness of being ignorant. And for some, many have become a useful idiot to this whole thing. Well, if you haven't understand so already, that's, this is the chaos that I am constantly pointing back to. But in the midst of it, if you are a Christian, really a Christian, Christ is in the midst of it. And he's, he's told us not to worry. And so with that, transitioning, I want to get into scripture. So here in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, uh, typically, your Bibles will probably tell you on top, there's a headline that says, do not worry. And I think it's just good to reflect on these words now. Verse 25, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And I like this description in verse 26, giving you an example of even how small things in detail God takes care of, how much more you and I. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. 
They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And then all the way down to verse 34 basically ends it. Well, actually, verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I read this to you as a reminder of what we are called to do, what the Lord has placed us on this earth to do. He's never promised us that we were going to go through some sweet times. And I think, especially us in America, we've been blessed. We were blessed, right? There was no persecution banging down our doors for our faith. No one telling us at at one point in our history that we need to adopt the ideology that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man, and it's just a matter of hormones and surgery to get there. That children themselves could be mutilated, butchered because of this ideology. That there was some inherent racism even in the fabric of every building and brick that it screams out, and that you, if you're white, unknowingly will be always a victim of being a racist like you didn't you didn't have that sure people disagreed and debated on theological points and all that stuff but but we are in a different territory now we are entering into a place of true persecution in in no time and it could be easy to despair it could be easy to place false hope false hope in i i hope donald trump gets elected Maybe. I kind of do too. Not going to lie. Don't trust him these days lately. I have my own reasons, but definitely don't want Biden in the office or any Democrat. And for the most part, the way they attack Trump makes me think either A, this is huge political theater, or B, they really are afraid of what he represents. I don't know. But you can't put your faith in Trump. You can't put your faith in DeSantis. You can't put your faith in any one of these individuals And I think that's our problem. We are either worried and fearful of our lives and we'll do anything to preserve it. Wondering how we're going to eat, wondering how we're going to get closer on our back, wondering if we're going to survive this tyranny that is pretty much looming over us, wishing that Trump gets into office, all of this, we can despair, get worried, get angry, get get black-pilled, so to speak. And enter to this place of just despair and darkness and negativity. But what I just read to you is a command from Jesus' own words. These are the scriptures highlighted in red. The words of Jesus Christ. He's telling us not to be worried about our lives. That he takes care of the birds. He feeds them. He clothes them. So how much more you and I? What do we add to our lives with this worry? Absolutely nothing. I heard it said that when you worry, you hurt yourself twice. One, because you're planting in your head a potential pain and outcome. So therefore, you are feeling it and making your brain go through the actual pain. And then if it does happen, then you're going to go through it again. You're giving it to yourself twice. Because sometimes we worry about stuff that really won't happen. Jesus calls us out and tells us, you have little faith. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean persecution will not actually come. In history's time, we've seen 
how persecution happens, how man in the society turns from God. Israel did it so many times in the Old Testament that God caused judgment to rain on Israel because of their rebellion. We are not different. We are not different. God is not to be mocked, right? People bought into this idea of this this Christianity in America that's supposed to be nice, niceness and softness, and it's ultimately just made it gay. And now whenever a Christian stands firm on the truth of the scriptures, boldly saying what we all know to be true, that man is man, woman is woman, and that nothing, no transitioning will ever change that, people are shocked and think that that's not winsome enough. The tonality is off. You're not being nice. Jesus wouldn't do that. And these people that tell you that Jesus wouldn't do this or that and say, oh, that's not in the Bible, don't read their Bible. They don't know what Jesus is saying. They take one scripture, take it out of context, and then throw the rest out and say, I don't like the rest. Oh, that Paul, that Paul is a misogynist of his day. It's insanity, but that's what relativism gets you. Worry not. Worry not. Because he will take care of you. And our faith should be rooted in Christ and in Christ alone. Because he will not let us go to waste. He will not not, uh, hold fast to the covenant that he has given to us through Christ. If death is what you fear, then sit with that and think about that for a little bit. Because he will never leave us nor forsake us. And to be here is to live for Christ, as Paul said, but to die is gain. And we need to get to a place where we are men and women unafraid of death. Because if you truly believe in Christ who has risen and has said that he is preparing a place for you, then you have nothing to worry about, right? Christ is gain. He is our preciousness. He is our fine treasure. And I think a lot of people are still trying to save themselves here. will be willing to self-censor because of that. Be careful. It's a subtle, quick, slippery slope. Nevertheless, I know that those that he has started the work in, those that are his, will be his. And he will finish the work that he's begun in us. And so, going back to verse 33, what do we do as an answer? Well, you have it here. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. That is what we are called to do. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Read the scriptures. Gather in a true Bible-believing, sound doctrine, theological church, and submit to yourselves to them. All right, Do life with them. Study the Bible. Get committed to prayer. Build something. Go and fight the good fight of faith. Don't curl up in the corner and be afraid and just hope Jesus returns. That's not the answer. Get up and go and work and take dominion as the scriptures have told us. Stop being such a pansy in this fight. It's coming. And some of us are going to be tested more than others. So I pray that the Holy Spirit is strengthening you during that time. So be encouraged today. Seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness and trust that everything else will be added to you. Do not worry about your life because worrying won't give it any more years. Trust in the one who said that he is with you through the storm, Christ Jesus the Lord. I hope this blesses you. I hope this helps you focus and reminds you that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. God bless you. 
If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.